This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. Have you ever been teaching a class and wondered what to do with the students who finish their work early? The answer to that question is, of course, yes. It's something that every teacher faces, and it's not always easy to deal with. So what do you do when a student asks that difficult question of, what do I do now? My guest today is former maths teacher and now PD presenter Richard Andrew. He's been a regular guest on the show, and it's great to have him back to discuss the question of, what do I do now? As well as talking specifically about maths, Richard also does a lot of work with student engagement in general. In this discussion, we talk about a strategy that addresses this question from a maths point of view. But it is a strategy that you could use in all subjects, which makes this broadly applicable. And as a friendly warning right up front, Richard's solution is surprisingly simple. Richard, thanks for joining us again. I love this idea of the best extension exercise ever. I mean, as soon as I heard yep. that concept, or as soon as I heard you talk about that concept, I thought, we, we have to record something about this. I'd, I'm just curious, you're a maths teacher. At what point did you just say to yourself, this just isn't working, I have to have a better solution? Well, first of all, can I say about the title, it sort of put me under pressure because when you say the best ever extension exercise, when, when I finally divulge <clears throat> what the what the actual uh, activity is, it sounds so lame that I have to do a sort of a preamble and go, Look, don't, don't run away, <laughs> don't run away when you hear it. Um, because, and that's often the case, you know, like some of the best activities uh, I've found in, in any classroom, um, if they're implemented well, they can be game changers. So... Um, I had been exploring um, a more student-centered approach for some time because there's an inherent engagement factor. We've talked about this before. When when students are empowered to have some choice over what they're doing, so they've got a sense of agency over their learning, that, that's there's an intrinsic engagement factor that happens. And for me, that's that's a no-brainer with within a maths, um, or certainly in my in my classrooms. But the problem with that is when, when you encourage um, you know, a, a well-structured student-centered approach, you're going to have students uh, moving through at their own pace, which is what you want. But then you get the po- you get the uh, the reality that some students finish a couple of lessons before others, and so you, you need something up your sleeve that is a, a worthy uh, thing for these kids to do, because you don't want to punish them with more work, uh, but you don't want to just have them, you know, doing nothing. So. That, that was the motivation for me to come up with a couple of ideas. Um, Look, that's really that's, inter- Sorry, that's really interesting when you said, I've oh, just got to jump on it straight away. When you said you don't want to punish them with more work. Well, are, are we, are oh, Johnny, you finished. <laughs> Let's turn to page 105 because there's another bunch of questions there. Like It takes away the whole incentive. Oh, but we, oh this is boring, you know, and that's the last <laughs> thing you want to do, especially with your, your, your kids who are a little bit more able or a bit more enthusiastic, you know. It's it's an so interesting. It can be well, it is an interesting idea, isn't it? And and I guess some schools have in the past also used similar strategies for detention. So you know, here turn up to Friday detention, and uh, here's two hours worth mm. of work for you to do schoolwork. So then there's that mental association of I have to finish yeah. my essay, or I have to finish this report, or I have to do these maths exercise in in complete silence whilst I'm on detention. So that's hardly a positive mental association. It's not the smartest thing to do. 
<laughs> well, I guess you'd have to think about it if you were that person. So if we're trying to avoid boredom and we're trying to mm. avoid that sense of punishment, mm. um, does it seem reasonable that you would then say, well, okay, that shouldn't be too hard. You, you've just got to have a whole stash of extra worksheets mm. like, a, like a problem bank or a question bank just sort of in your folder. Mm. So instead of <clears> saying turn to page 100 and whatever it was, here, mm. have this sheet. Isn't that kind of the same? Well, I, I did have that system. Uh, and the reason, and I mentioned that in the article, there is, are we plugging the article? Uh, what's it called? Um, the, the best, best ever. <laughs> mass extension activity. Yes, we As will be plugging the article. Um, oh, it's worth a read, definitely. But uh, And I do mention the, the, the question bank. But the thing with the question bank is you need questions that are in, inherently interesting. And I, I came across... Um, and Joshua's, here's another plug, uh, and Joshua's uh, Enricher Matix series. And I really love those sorts of questions. This is particularly for year seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, because they were just, I don't know, there's something about some questions that are just interesting and engaging. And and other other more nerdy kind of maths questions, which don't, I think, light a lot of kids' wicks. So you need something that's going to motivate kids. And so I sort of had a system where, uh, I mean, I was fortunate, though, to have the one maths classroom. So if, you, if you're a roaming teacher, it's very difficult to run this if you have to yeah. carry a yeah. kit, kit bag of, um, you know, problems with you. But what would happen is that the kids would pick up where they left off the last time they'd finished early in a unit. And and I did have students who enjoyed doing that, that those things. So they did see it as a um, uh, uh, like an incentive so that's that's the question bank thing. The problem with that is that it takes a bit of work to set it up, um, and you have to have a you know you've got to keep track of things. So that's you know that's uh, it's something on top of whatever else you're doing. So, so what what did that look like? Was that literally just sheets of paper with questions yeah. written on them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photocopy sheets of paper. Um, I think I. I don't know whether maybe I kept hold of you know once the student had finished. Once the whole unit was over and the extension exercises were finished, I, I'd perhaps pick them up. I can't quite remember; it was a while ago. But but anyway, I was able to continue. Like uh, student A would was able to continue where he left off last time and and work through and check check his own answers. And it was just those were worksheets that were were really they were not typical maths type worksheets. There was it was problem solving and it was quite pictorial in some cases. There was a bit of disguised algebra. It was. Very durable and 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 especially if you've got a couple of kids who have finished early, then they can work together on this sort of stuff. It's a bit different to the normal thing. So, and so yeah, and, and so that was reasonably well received. But but you were in a particular situation where that was working because you had your own room, you had a place yeah, to store yeah. all this stuff. So, so so look, one of the one of the best extension exercises, and this this is the one that I I, I suggest in the article. It's so good for a number of reasons. One, it doesn't take any prep because here, here it is, you know, drum roll. Um, make your own question. Make up your own question. Wait a second. Did he just say, make up your own question? As in, have the student make up their own question? I think he did. So, so um, you know... So it doesn't sound it doesn't sound that great, but it's if you if you run it in the way that I suggest, it's phenomenal. So you've got students who finish early, and um, let's say they've got a couple of lessons up their sleeve, and and this doesn't have to be an extension. You could actually have this as part of the unit. 
So you can you can have you can say let's say Alan's finished early, right? And so you roughly know where Alan's what level of of quest question he's capable of in terms of one of those I say worded question because a worded question implies it's a problem that needs some reading. There's a few parts to it you've got to pull apart. Mm. It's probably going to take five, ten, fifteen minutes to 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 work out. Um, and, and there's a bit of thinking involved. So that's that's why I say it's a worded question rather than, you know, just find the length of the, the unknown side, you know, diagram, bang. Like it's it's something. I say I use the word worded question meaning that it's something a bit more chunky. But you're asking the student to actually the create. The student makes the question up. The student makes up a worded question. So they have to construct yes. a sentence. Yeah. Well, so but, – but I don't just say – I would never make it that open. So, for example, like Alan's finished early. Okay. Here's your ch- here's your chance to become a star because you're going to have your own question in lights, you know, Alan's question. Uh, because he, um, but so the first step would be that I would I would guide him somewhere in the text towards the end of the text and say, oh, okay, see these questions here. See if you can make up a question similar to that, but obviously with different numbers. But you know, with your own spin on it. You have to you have to sort of guide the standard of question you want them to do, and it has to be slightly less than what they're capable of. Because boys, in particular, will try and do a question that's even harder than what they they can cope with, and and therefore there's no value in the whole in the whole thing. So it, it, there's no value for them in the exercise. It's a waste of time. So if they if they are tasked with with the uh, challenge to create up a question that that you know they've got a choice of a few types of questions that sort of on the topic of the unit, or you could pick another unit, whatever. But usually, in the unit that you're in, and you you target the uh, the standard, then they, they go away and and make up this question and make up a solution, and they've got to make sure it works, and then check it with with me, and then they're tasked. They have to go and make up a neat copy of both. Right. All right. And then I photocopy those maybe a few times. And then when other students are finishing early, they can either they've got a choice. They can either make their own question up, or hey, you want to do Alan's question? It's hot off the press. And so you watch what you have is that other kids are doing other kids' questions. So someone's doing Alan's question, someone's doing Deb's question, and they go, "Oh, Deb, doing your question it's really good," you know. And there's this whole buzz in the air because it's really engaging for to know that other kids are doing your questions, and then you're doing other kids' questions as well. So do you ever get kids competing to see who can make the hardest question that is still solvable? Well, you could do that. But again, if the problem with that is, um, because I've seen it happen, they just get bogged down and they can't, they can't actually get the question down on the page because it's, the numbers don't work easily. So, it's, so they're out of their own league and it just becomes, you know, it's, mm. it's kind of a bit of fun, but they don't actually get, they don't get to the end point. So that's why it's good to, 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 to state the sort of level of question that you want each kid to, um, to create. Let's just talk again about that idea of using words. And you talked a little bit about it a moment ago. Um, we're talking specifically about a worded problem. So we're not getting a student to write down uh, like an equation and then say, Solve, no. solve for X, right? So well, this you is, could, you well, could, but then you'd you'd want a bank of those or something. But sure, but it's just more, you know, like you know, um, you you jumped in your car at six six forty p.m. and you drove to you know blah blah blah, which was so many k's away, and you know, and you build this whole story, and then you got to ask, you know, what, um, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's the interesting part right there when you say 
they've got to build a story. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you find that students actually have trouble building a story? I mean, and thinking about, thinking about a word-based problem, is, have you ever encountered a situation where you've thought, oh, hang on a second, I think this student's struggling because, not because of a maths problem, but this is an English problem. This is a language problem. Well, yeah, okay. So there's a couple of things here. Firstly, you don't tend to have students who struggle with the language finishing a unit early anyway. Right. But can I just say on that point, because I've often hear, you know, um, often you'll hear within a subject, oh, you know, this this work can't be done by my students because there's a few students who can't read very well. Mm-hmm. But I thought the idea of reading, learning to read, was that you actually – tackle things that contain some words that you're not familiar with. I thought that's the whole point of learning. <laughs> no, and I'm serious. Well, I know. I mean, I guess that's that depends on the level of where you're at, I suppose. Yeah. So so obviously it needs to be scaffolded. But but just because they don't – that I have heard this, this attitude that just because Johnny doesn't understand a number of the words, we shouldn't therefore give him word any questions with words in them. Well, I would have thought that would be the – exact reason to give Johnny some questions with those words that he still needs help with, but you've got to help them, right? Mm, sure. So, so, so it needs to be scaffolded, and, and, but it's a different it's, – it's not really applicable to this, um, this activity because you've got kids who, who are clearly you – know, the ones who finish early are, are not only more capable mathematically, but they can also read quite well. So, but you might ask one of these kids after they've done their first question, if, if they've finished quite a bit early, how about making a, a question for, and, and you have to have the right vibe in the room to be able to do this because it's not a put down, but hey, could you, let's, you know, we, we're all helping David quite a bit. Can we make a question sort of more on this level that, that David and some of his cohort uh, people can, can solve? So you could do it that way as well where the language is easier but that's sort of getting off topic it's not I, I haven't actually encountered that issue at all with with this extension exercise all right well you've got a five-step process for for doing this activity and i'll get to that in just a moment there's just one other question i wanted to ask you before we yep. do that and that is if you've got a whole bunch of different students producing different questions yep. uh, we, we talk a lot about meeting learners where they're at and making sure that the learning is appropriate for their level etc yep. and i guess what that does is uh, instead of us trying to differentiate for students it's mm. happening in it's happening in reverse because the differentiated students are producing yeah. content so right. is is this a good is this a, have you found this to be a useful way of bringing differentiation into the into the learning process well i hadn't really thought about it like that um but in this see just before we get to that what what if if you're using this approach regularly, then guess what? You end up with a bank of questions that you haven't had to prepare, and they are <laughs> engaging because well, they're particularly engaging for that class because the kids are known in the class, but they're yeah. possibly also engaging for another class, either a year above or a year below, because they still know that oh, this is this is this is Alan's question. All right, you know, and then he sees Alan in the yard. Oh, I did your question? Now, so so with the differentiation. You know, you could have a choice. So kids could come out and choose a question, and they're not going to. They can look at a question and go, "Well, I'm not going to do that one. That's a bit tough for me." So the differentiation, the differentiation would happen that way. But this is not an activity that I would, I would promote because it differentiates the learning. I think differentiation tends to happen more from the the teacher's directive. Okay, so let's talk about this five step process then. Where where do you start? Well, so so Alan's finished early. 
And I go, right, Alan, you want to do the, the greatest ever mass extension activity again? Yeah, no worries, sir, you know. So going to get you to create another question. And the, look, you, you could have a choice of this. There could be the question back or this, you know. So he chooses that one. So let's have a look. Just go back a couple of pages here because usually at the end of a chapter, I mean, assuming we're working off a textbook, but mm -hmm. it's good to have something to go by, to, to go by right? Yep. So we're looking at a couple of pages back. How about you, 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 you create, see these three pages here, a question out of any of those, but not these red, the red questions. You know, maybe the last question on the page is the red one. That's the really hard one. I don't want you to go for the hardest thing you can do. I deliberately want you to go for something that you find pretty easy because these aren't for you. These are really for someone else. The thing is, as a maths teacher, I would often be at home making up questions for, for other classes, you know, because I figured I could probably make up questions that are more interesting than some of those are in the text. But there's so much mathematics involved in making up a mass question. It's really staggering and it's quite creative and it's quite engaging. So that's that's an also also a reason why this is a good thing to do because it's very mathematical. So um, so so you 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 guide them and, and give them some suggestions about the sort of standard of difficulty that they do and then give them some choice because they they might not want to do the this type of question, they might want to do that one. That so, sort the, of so the first part is just to guide them in the right direction and just get them yeah. thinking in that space as in, oh, gosh, yeah. um, I can create a question. It's exactly. Kind of like if you were to think about this from a, a, a research perspective, you'd say, oh, well, we're, we're co-constructing knowledge. So that's, <laughs> yeah. again, again, that's a, well, that's yeah. inherently a uh, less of a teacher-centric model yeah. and more of a, an inclusive or student-centric yeah. model okay so we're guiding students in that direction just getting them to think that yep. way so number two what do we do then so so i would make it very clear that you're going to do this twice you're going to make a question just a rough a rough like you don't have to write neatly because you're going to keep chopping and changing and, and rubbing words out but there's going to be a neat copy eventually so you make up your question and then you make up your solutions and again your solutions don't have to be super neat either but they need to be correct Right? And when you think you've got that, come out, bring it out to me and I'll check it. And once it's checked, and that might take half a lesson, might take more, then it's checked. Then the next stage is, okay, so I want a super neat copy and um, and a super neat copy of the solutions. Okay, so, step, solutions so, so hang on, step two. Step two is create a rough copy. Just like a step rough, two is create a rough copy. A rough yes. draft for checking. And, yep. then, and then step three is, right, now we've got to neaten this up. Yeah. Now, why well, is that? Why is that, that? Why is that important? Well, hang on. So the checking could, if they're working in pairs, there might be two of them have finished early. Now, if they're both pretty switched on kids, you can say, right, you can check each other's work, but you can't make a mistake. Like, you, you, <laughs> if if Alan thinks it's correct and you've checked it off and it turns out to be not correct, then you know, <laughs> there's going to be trouble. <laughs> there's going to be trouble. Um, so so whether the teacher has to check, you know, that's up to you. But so then, step, yeah, so step three is the neat copy. And you need the neat copy because you're going to photocopy this thing mm. and, and hand it out to other kids. So you, you want to be able to use this down the track in future, you know, in future years, in this particular unit and in future years. And I guess there's, um, some, there's a formalization in that process as well, as in, okay, it's been checked, yeah. it works. Now let's, now, let's make it, uh, now let's make it look nice and it consolidates that whole concept. Yeah. So, so typically that's a homework exercise. Okay, so see if you can finish this for homework, come back tomorrow. Now, this is where you might need to sweet talk the photocopying lady because often in, in big schools, you can't just go in and run something off the photocopier straight away because it's got to go in the system and, 
who wants a system when you just want three <laughs> copies of this, right? Look, I can, assure, I can assure you that there's one person in a school that you do not want to upset, and that exactly. is that is the person in charge of the photocopying. <laughs> no. And so if you can, if you can manage to, to get something photocopied on the spot, that's ideal, or um, you've got to wait a lesson. But if you could get it done on the spot or send a student, you know, then, then whenever it happens, you've got three or four versions of that or maybe half a dozen. But don't forget, you may have these things coming from three or four students at the same time. And so you may have now a number of choices of questions that people can do either as a finishing or maybe these are better. These could be an optional because you're on page 123. Okay, forget about that. Why don't you do a couple of these because these are mm. even better than the text questions. So that's step five get other students to actually do these questions, the neat versions yeah. of these questions. Yeah. Well, that's it. Okay. So let me just let me just recap that for our listeners. Step one, get the student to get in, into the mindset of, I can actually create a question. I don't mm -hmm. just have to be delivered questions all the time. Yep. Second thing is, step two is create a rough copy for yep. checking to make sure that it works with the question yep. and solution. Yep. Step three, once it's been checked and it's all approved, Make a nice, really neat copy. Mm -hmm. Step four. With, with your name on the top in bright lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the here thing. We want to be famous. Credits. You know? <laughs> Colin's, Colin Klupik's number one question, you know, and then Colin Klupik's number two question. That's what you want. And step four, photocopy those excellent questions with name on yeah. the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for future use. Step five, have other students answer the questions. Yeah, okay, exactly. so a very simple process. Now, we talked a little bit about this before, but let's just come back to this. We're talking about this as an extension exercise. Couldn't you just, couldn't you say, all right, uh, we're going to do this particular topic. Uh, there are, let's say there are 50 questions that we can do to practice this topic. Actually, let's stop at 30. And after 30, we might just invent the rest ourselves. So instead of doing mm. it as an extension exercise, you do it as part of the, the unit or the yep. lesson could you do that Absolutely. too you did, most definitely you know like so i'm just thinking say you know pythagoras um at, at year eight level usually so the point where the questions become worded questions you know you've got the the diagram of the side of the house and yep. that sort of stuff well so alan and his mate they will have hit that a couple of lessons before the rest anyway. So maybe you go, okay, Alan, look, you know, you guys, you've, you've done a few of these. Let's, how about you, you guys make up like a worksheet in, in a four sheet of paper in fours. You're going to have four questions with your diagrams, blah, blah, blah. Another sheet of solutions. Right. And, and what kids will do is they'll put a humor, a humorous spin on it. I'm sure they will. You know, some, <laughs> some, the cat fell off the roof and, you know, landed on dog or whatever. Um, and and uh, so it's, so that could be ideal. So but by the time the the rest of the kids hit that hit that part of the unit, there's another well in that case it would be eight questions, eight two sheets of paper with eight questions minimum that other kids can do as well or in place of some of the text questions. And then that raises the, that that raises the the stakes in the class. You see, it's like, oh yeah, this is really cool. You know, oh that that's so lame that that cat falling off the roof. Thing, you know. <laughs> so for but, students but, getting bored with the textbook questions, they can have a blackout a moment where they say, I like not these questions. Bring me some other questions. And then well, you say, well, here's some I prepared earlier. <laughs> well, you know, cr creating questions is a really powerful thing to do. There's a, 
there's a an assessment task that I uh, promote in um, a couple of my courses, which is not I didn't make it up. I saw this and and the, I saw this presented somewhere, and it, my, the lights came on. It's called um, the I Can Do Assessment Task. And so what you what you ask kids to do, uh, the, the question one might be I can find the 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 missing lengths of right angle triangles using trigonometry and they create their own question and answer it and then in that creating and answering they need to demonstrate their understanding of of trigonometry for that situation Mm. so so that's way more that's way more demonstrative of their understanding than is just answering some test question right whether which requires them to follow a procedure so so you know i'm just i just mentioned that because the art of creating a question is quite creative and and it's very mathematical and it's engaging it's fun to do so there's a bunch of uh, math teachers out there now thinking this sounds like such a great idea this is what i've been wanting to do for so long practical tips how do you get started what do you do how do you get started well there was a nike slogan once that said just do it I believe. <laughs> oh, come on richard it's got to be more complicated than that we're talking no, about education not. there has to be something much more complicated than it's just not, do it's, it. it's it's that simple like if if particularly if you are allowing your kids to spread out like move through the unit at different paces so you're going to get some some students uh, finishing early and they need to be at least you know less than early then just hey why don't you make up your own question? We're going to have your name in bright lights at the top. We're going to photocopy it and let other kids do them. You'll be famous, you know. Um, how about we see these pages here, right? That's how you start. You just do it and, and then you walk <laughs> away and, and come back 20 minutes later and see how they're going. Uh, so that's – it's really – there's really no nothing to say on that. You just 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 do it. So and, it's, and make sure that you have a really good relationship with a photocopying person. <laughs> Well, that's they, that that actually is number one. Uh, <laughs> repair any any damage in the relationship with the folk. Well, Richard, it's been it's been really entertaining talking to you about this, and it usually is when we talk about maths. It's always fun. <laughs> thanks so much for your time, Richard. It's a pleasure, and thanks, Colin. You've been listening to Central Station, and if you found this discussion helpful, and you'd like to know more about Richard's courses then get in touch by visiting the website, learnimplementshare.com. Or you can send Richard an email, richard at learnimplementshare.com. And those links are in the podcast description. To hear more interviews with educators making a positive difference, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you like to listen. This podcast is brought to you by Central. And to find out more, visit the website, central.com.au. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.